Welcome to another episode of the Behind the Mark podcast with your host, Mark Myers, the sports talk show where we talk about Georgia high school athletics, college sports, and the day's hot topics regarding sports. Today, I have a guest on my show, a special guest named Terrence Edwards, UGA football great, former NFL and CFL player, and current uh, wide receiver coach for Pace Academy. How you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Mark? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad that I was able to get you on here. And, you know, I, I had some very interesting questions for you. And, um, you know, but before we, you know, really get started, kind of want to talk to people about, you know, how I know Terrence. Basically, me and Terrence, we, we have a mutual friend by the name of Derek Owens, who I actually played college ball with and Terrence played high school ball with. And that was kind of how me and Terrence met. We met through, through Derek and me and Terrence. We've known each other now uh, for a very long time. Uh, very good friends also with his brother and, uh, you know, some of their other high school uh, teammates that, that, that Terrence played with. You know, Terrence, kind of tell tell the listeners a little bit. Uh, talk about your journey through, through sports real quick. Well, like you said, uh, you and I met through uh, one of my best friends that uh, I grew up with uh, back from Washington County High School. That's where uh, I'm from, San Diego, Georgia, and that's where I kind of, my uh, sports journey started back at Washington County High School where um, a lot of people don't know I was a quarterback all the way through high school. Uh, most people know me as uh, the all-time leading receiver in Georgia history, but my journey started as the quarterback of uh, my high school. and. And your good friend, my good friend Derek Owens, was my receiver, uh, my main target in high school. And, uh, you know, you all went to Georgia Southern. I want to say that I got him that scholarship because I threw him all the balls. <laughs> I think he would complain to me about not getting enough, <laughs> not enough passes this way. So, uh, you know, back in high school, you know, we come from a uh, what I consider a powerhouse program in Washington County, um, a double A school back when we played. So, but we have had a a lot of uh, individuals to have successful college and professional careers. So, uh, that's where my journey started back way back long time ago. Okay, and uh, you know, so talk a little bit, you know, next about you know. You know, leaving Georgia and playing in, uh, you know, and then now, well, let's, let's, I'll tell you what, talk about your CFL career. How, how'd you get to the CFL? Well, I got there, you know, uh, you know, like every kid, you, you grow, growing up, you want to be a professional athlete and, uh, having a older brother who was, uh, a first round draft pick, um, you know, I want to follow his footsteps, man. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't get drafted, but I was able to make a NFL team with the Atlanta Falcons for two years. And uh, that last year, uh, I had a great count, felt that I was going to be an integral part of the team, and I tore my groin muscle off the bone. So basically, I was out the whole year, and uh, my contract was up, and they didn't resign me. So um, I kind of figured out, you know, what's going to be my next step. Uh, didn't really have a lot of film in it. NFL, so it didn't really garner a lot of interest, so I kind of took my talents up up north. Uh, didn't know much about the Canadian football game. I didn't know much about Canada at the time. All I knew was just, you know, I thought from growing up and reading children's books, it was all ice and, you know, people lived, lived in igloos and had penguins as pets, so that's the basically my uh, knowledge of Canada, but, uh, you know, so in 2005, I uh, ended up going to play in, in Canada, uh, 
got signed by the Toronto Argonauts for camp. Uh, I had a good camp. I twisted my ankle before the first preseason game, uh, so I wasn't able to play in that game. Um, they released me. Make a long story short, for the 2005 season, they, they released me. I came back to Georgia to uh, rehab, and I got signed in the middle of the season by the Montreal Alouettes. I finished the season out there in 2005. I uh, played the whole year in 2006 with them, and in 2007, uh, still not a you know a big name yet. But in 2007, I got my big break when I got signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and uh, finished that season as the team leader in receptions, uh, yards, and touchdowns. That was second in the league in yards. So that's kind of where my big break came in in 2007 with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, definitely had a, you know, a, a great uh, CFL career. And, um, you know, so, you know, I want to kind of, you know, back up a little bit, you know. So you decide that, you know, you're ready to retire. You don't play it out your career professionally. And you decide that, you know, you want to go into high school coaching. You know, talk a little bit about your transition from the CFL to being a high school coach. What, what made you want to go into coaching high school I didn't really uh, I knew I wanted to do it but I didn't go exactly right into the coaching my first year out in 2013 2013 that's when I retired um, I needed a break I wanted to take a break so I took a year off I didn't coach I really I worked a few camps uh, so I really didn't do it uh, a lot in the football realm of things because it was 20 straight years of me playing football. So uh, I just took a year off uh, just to uh, recalibrate, get my mind right, get my body right, uh, and just, just take a break. So I took a break in 2013, 2014. Uh, my brother, Robert, was uh, at the time the head coach in Greene County. So I kind of knew that I wasn't going to go to Greene County with him to coach. And uh, an opportunity came to me through Pace Academy. I can't remember how. Uh, the head coach, Coach Slade, uh, got in touch with me, but uh, the connection there with Coach Slade uh, and Robert was a teammate for the New England Patriots. So uh, he found and got my contact information. I went over to visit, and um, uh, my first year, I was the assistant uh, receiver coach because they had a receiver coach, but he just wanted me on staff, and I helped out with the JV in 2014, 2015. I became the uh, full-time wide receivers coach so uh it's just something that I knew I want to stay in the game uh, but I just I just knew after the year I retired I want to take a break because um, now it's been five years going on five years uh, at Pace Academy and it just seemed like yesterday I, I just retired so time is flying but I, I've enjoyed it it's a little different than being a player and a coach and uh I can remember asking some coaches what is your joy and coaching, like, how do you get up as a player? You get up, go out, score touchdowns. Now, uh, I ask, you know, what is your joy? What do you get out of it now? And I understand it's putting the game plans together. It's it's preparing the kids to go out and play, and you get your joy from their success. So that's my joy now, going out to see every kid that I coach, uh, find success on and off the field. Well, it sounds like, you know, you got into it, you know, pretty much the same way most of us former players, you know, uh, we, we, we want to stay near the game and you know this is one way that a lot of coaches are able to stay near the game and you know find joy in giving back to other kids the same way that I guess our coaches did for us 
you know so you know as i mentioned to the listeners uh terrence is is currently at pace academy um and so you know you currently coach at pace academy and you guys had two players get drafted this past weekend I don't think any other school in the state of Georgia had two guys get drafted at all. I think Pace was the only school in the whole state that had two players get drafted this year. Oh, wow. Talk a little bit about what it was like to to hear the names of two guys on the teams that you coach get drafted and and talk about those guys a little bit. Oh, the first one, I'm going to just start with the kicker, Slomi. I actually didn't coach Slomi. He graduated the, the 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 next year. The year before I got there. Uh, so I didn't get the opportunity to coach him, but I've heard a lot about him. Um, and a lot of people wonder why some of the schools in state didn't get him an opportunity to coach because he's a, a hell of a great kicker. Uh, he, he won games in high school for Pace. Uh, Pace won the state championship in 2013, and I got there in 2014. And uh, I just heard stories about how he won a few games in the playoffs to eventually them going to be, you know, the, the state champs. I just heard about great character, great kid, and um, he had a great kid, a great career at the University of Miami of Ohio as well. But I got the pleasure to coach Andrew Thomas. Um, his senior year was my first year at Pace. Um, and I'm going to tell you, man, you, you talking about one great kid. He is a great kid. First and foremost, a kid that uh, football just wasn't his life. I, mean, I know we all want kids to love the game and think about football and breathe football, but he had other aspirations. Also, he, he's musically inclined, being able to play several instruments. And, um, you know, he's one of those kids, man, that you want your daughter to bring home. I have a daughter now, and I'm just, uh, just hell bent on not her not having a boyfriend Arab ever like but <laughs> she yes you know but he is, he is one you would you would approve of I mean he, he comes from a great family and uh man it couldn't happen to a better person first and foremost for him to have the opportunity to be the fourth pick in the draft and I guess it hit me like a kid I coached was the fourth pick in the draft and uh Man, great work at great work there. I think a lot of people slept on him early in the recruiting game. Um, and he just kept getting better and better and he was a kid that did exactly what you asked him to do. We have a great offensive line coach at Pace Academy and he's had opportunity to, to coach some good ones. And uh, you know, we have some more in the pipeline and Andrew is uh just one of the few that had opportunity to go to the University of Georgia start at day one. Why? Because he was he was ready physically and mentally for what Georgia's going to put him through now. Uh, now the Giants is, is getting a, a player that is going to be uh, your, your starting left tackle for the next 10 years. He sounds like a, a great young man. Uh, obviously very talented. And, you know, which brings me to my next question, I try to tell people all the time that uh, it doesn't matter what classification, you know, you play in. Uh, there's good football all over the state of Georgia. Doesn't matter if you're in single A or if you're in seven A. Uh, and so I, I try to tell people all the time that it just doesn't matter what classification you play in. Uh, there are good teams and good players all over the state, and um, you know if you can compete at the highest level, uh, the classification, especially in Georgia, which very very competitive football, it really does not matter. Um, you know. 
so you currently coach at a at a school that plays in a lower classification and you also uh played at a smaller school which played in a lower classification you know on which i think you know like we talked about a little bit earlier before we got on the pro on the podcast you know i think you know those days when you and uh you know Derek owens and you know, even when your brother was there, and Takeo Spikes and all those guys were there, um, those teams at Washington County, those teams were very, very good. Didn't matter that you guys weren't in the highest classification during those years. I mean, I, I feel like I could have put that those Washington County teams up against pretty much almost anybody in the state, and you guys would have been very, very competitive. You know, talk a little bit about the perception that smaller classification schools can't play with the big classification schools. You know, that's a perception that goes around that a lot of people really kind of, kind of put a negative connotation on smaller schools. If you're not playing what they say now, 7A football, you're not playing in the big boy league. You're not going to be mentally and physically prepared to take on the next level. The speed of the game is just different. The talent-wise is just different. And I just uh, I just rebuked that, that misnomer because I'm a living product of it. I got two kids, you know, two siblings out of my household that played small A, had opportunity to play professionally. Uh, you know, two guys that my brother was a first-round draft pick, both of them uh, had great success in college. So you can't tell me that it can't happen or y'all are uh, anomaly. No, we got a lot of opportunities to uh, present facts to people. So I, I tell this to everybody, and, and Mark, you probably don't even know this. There's not, there's one other high school in the whole common draft that I found that had two players from the same high school drafted in the same draft in the first round. And Washington County is one of those. So no other school in the state of Georgia can claim that they've had two players in the same draft played on the same team in the first round. My brother, Robert Edwards, and Takeo Spikes were teammates at Washington County High School. They were rivals in college. One went to Auburn, one went to Georgia, and both were first-round draft picks that played on the same high school team. And Washington County is the only other team that can state that claim. Um, a lot of the Georgia greats are from small schools. Champ Bailey, Boss Bailey, the Bailey brothers. Herschel Walker is one of the best ever. Myself and Robert, double A. Thomas Brown, I mean, Thomas Davis come from single A. So you don't have to play at the big school. David Green played at South Gwinnett. Uh, still was probably a bigger school, but not one of the named schools in Gwinnett. David Pollock came from Shallow. Probably not, not a football factory. So you don't have to go to a football factory to be good. And I say this all the time, and you you know this, Mark, because once you get on that college campus, guess what? You can find out who play, who can or can't play very quick. It don't take it don't take a lot of time to know who can play and who can't play. And doesn't matter what school you, you went to, talent is always gonna rise above everything else. It is gonna rise. So I just to the parents out there and I had a tweet earlier this week that there were more smaller schools drafted this year than the bigger schools. And you know, everybody wanna look at a small sample size, it may be a small sample size, but it's fact. It's fact. So to the parents that are listening, find a good fit, find a school that got great coaches that can de develop kids. 
And then have some loyalty to these these schools. That's the biggest thing in high school. Have some loyalty to the schools. You don't have to jump schools to be successful. You don't have to jump schools. There's no school pride, in my opinion, no more. Because kids will jump schools in a heartbeat if you're not coaching them right. Or they're not getting enough playing time. Or you just being a hard coach, just trying to get the best out of them. Their jump ship. So... Today, high school is a little bit different than you when you and I played, Mark. Um, it, 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 it is really becoming a business, and and it is not taking a, it's not going in a direction that I love. And I tell people this all the time. I've had opportunity to play on a high school level, college level, and a professional level. And my best days was high school level. I take Friday night football over any day of the week. But now it's becoming too commercial. It's coming too business like, and it's it's not it's not fun anymore because it's all about winning and getting ranked and all those other things. Like let's school loyalty, and you know you know us. We have so much school pride from all school. It is ridiculous, and you do as well at McKeechan. But a lot of kids transfer schools. What school? What school they're going to go to at the end of the day? So it just man, you just go out there. Stick with your school. If you're good enough, college coaches will find you. Hey man, you just you just said a mouthful right there. I we literally could do a, a whole another segment on, on that subject, man. I tell you, for real. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I want to journey back to to the draft a little bit, to the draft talk a little bit, and I want to kind of go back to you know your situation. You know, uh, you know, with the draft happening last week, you know. Uh, talk a little bit about you know your process you went through waiting to hear your name called and on draft day and and then only to you know basically come to a decision that you know you're going to have to sign as an undrafted free agent you know with the Falcons and I'm and I'll be honest with you I'm not and I'm not just saying this because I know you as a person but based, even if I didn't know you as a person based off of your college career you know I would have definitely thought that your name would have been called in one of those seven rounds and you know from friend to friend I can tell you right now out of all the however many receivers that was taken in that draft there's no way every single one of those guys are better that's just my opinion but I know everything happened for a reason and God always has a plan and obviously your your life worked out great but take me back to, to your draft day good like you said uh after I left Georgia, right, I'm the all-time leader in receiver. Uh, this this history of our league, I'm the top dog coming out. So there was just no way in my mind that my body of work wasn't warranted to be drafted in one or seven rounds. Uh, I saw kids come out um, that I seen play that just didn't have the numbers uh, that I had. Didn't play in the league that I played in, so. It was very, still to this day, well, I, I'm not going to kid you, still to this day around this time, it, it's still a diner to me that I didn't hear my name called. You know, we grow up, want to hear your name called. And that was just all I wanted. I don't care if it was 700 round, I just want to hear my name called. Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, I had to go a different route. I tell kids all the time that we, I train. Your path is going to be a little different than everyone else. That don't mean your path cannot be the same at the end of the day. So I had to go and sign as an undrafted free agent with the Atlanta Falcons. And guess what? I went and made the team over guys that they drafted. So I uh, had an opportunity to play 
2004. Uh, that's where I got opportunity to, to be teammates with Michael Vick, who is a good dude. Another uh, guys that I, I talk to a lot today is Peerless Price, is another teammate of mine that I still talk to this day, Al De Crumpler. Uh, the tight ends, another one, really good dude who I still talk to. So my still short time, man, I had a, I had a uh, lifelong experience. I want to be a professional athlete. Mine may not have been the same as my brother, but guess what? I had an opportunity to experience that. So uh, in today's game, man, it's, it's you. We all we all want to go, but now I can. I have a testimony to tell the kids that I train that we can't put all eggs in one basket. We can't do that. We all probably don't have the same opportunities on the football field. Some may play more, some may play less. But guess what, Mark? We all got the same opportunity to walk across that stage at the end of the day. So that's why I tell my kids all the time, man, you need to have opportunity to graduate. Because that life, professional life, is not promised to everyone. It's not promised. But what is promised is you have an opportunity with the skill set that God gave you as a, as a student athlete to go and get an education, go and get that degree because they can't be taken away from you. At the end of the day, football can be snatched away from you by injury or whatever. But that degree, that education that you would get from that school and that institution can't be taken away from you. So we need to, and I, that's why I got into it, Mark. And I'm glad, like you said, if there's a reason I didn't get drafted, would I be doing what I'm doing today if I would've got drafted? And I can honestly sit here and say, I don't know. If I was one that became the player that I knew I could become and made millions of dollars, would I be impacting kids' life like I am today? And I don't have a truthful answer for you. So maybe my past, what God had for me was telling you, your impact in life is going to impact these kids and what I'm doing today, bigger than having been a me now sign a big contract because that can be taken away from you as well, the money-wise. But I think his place for me was to doing exactly what I'm doing right now that's impacting these kids' lives uh, and it's been a way in the shape and way form that I'm doing now. That's good, man. That's definitely good, good, good words um, that I think all kids and even parents need to hear. You know, speaking of impacting, you know, these kids' lives, um, you know, for, for the listeners who don't know, you know, Terrence, uh, he does a wide receiver academy where he personally trains uh, guys uh, on the side. You know, how did the, the, the Terrence Edwards uh, wide receiver academy come about and, and get started? It came about, man, was uh, a few years before I retired. Uh, I did. I worked a few camps uh, called Football University FBU, which I've been working now for the past six years. Hopefully, we that uh, won't have them this year. But uh, I worked with them. Then I decided uh, at some point I want to do my own thing. So I worked with another company um, before I really got into mine, just to hone in my craft. Uh, it was, I dare you with Glenn Ford. Uh, did I dare you for two years to go out there and hone in on my craft? But while I was doing that, my company was being built. But I'd never really coached before. I really never taught the position before I worked camp. Totally different. So I just want to hold in my craft with them and patent kids' life, which I did. Then I knew I was going to branch off and, and do, do my own thing, which was already in the works. So that started in 2015. 
So from 2015 to now, I had my own company, Terrence that was wide receiver academy, where I trained from uh, middle school all the way to the professional ranks. And I, and I had a, a lot of you know, kids come through my academy. But just the biggest thing that I impact, that they can actually see someone who's been on that level, know what it takes to be on that level. Not just on the field and off the field. I tell kids all the time, you know, I've never been arrested in my life. I never did anything in my life uh, criminally that was going to take away my scholarship from Georgia, my livelihood, or for me the opportunity to go make money and play this game on a professional rank. So if that's your goal, that goal, that has to stick in your mind that you can't do anything foolish to get these opportunities took away from you. And that's the biggest thing that I preach. Yes, you're going to have talent. I'm going to nurture that talent and help you become the player that you want on the field. But I'm trying to nurture these kids as well to show them that some of the things that we do as kids can hurt us in the long run, especially with social media these days. And I'm shocked. Uh, no, we did have one kid. You know, once you get drafted and you're in the spotlight, man, people are digging in your social media these days to find something to write a story. And it did happen. One happened. The kicker that the New England Patriots drafted had a some type of tattoo uh, this year that he didn't know what it meant, but it came to be some white nationalist tattoo. But they found that. How did they find that? Because they went digging. So I tell kids all the time, don't give anybody an opportunity to go digging in your social media in your past life that can be brought up once you get to an adult and have an opportunity to go and provide yourself and your family. Definitely sound words, you know, uh, and as a coach, man, I preach all the time to our players that uh, make sure that your social media is is up to par. You know, don't put anything on there that, that could cost you, you know, money. And I say that all the time. So, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, our players in high school football, kind of going back to high school football a little bit, um, you know, with this pandemic going on, you know, how, how do you feel like this will change, you know, high school athletics uh, moving forward? It's definitely changed this year uh, with no spring ball. Uh, coaches have have, to have, the, uh, have been innovative of way they're being able to communicate with their players right now, uh, limited uh, face-to-face meetings, uh, really no face-to-face meetings. Uh, so now you're just going to have to find, you know, strategic ways of getting your information to some of your new players that you may have. What if you're a new coach like yourself? Congratulations, uh, by the way, on your on a new job. So how do you, you know, how do you now, the players that you don't know, how do you communicate with them right now? How with your coaching staff, how you put together, you know, the, your uh, spring, no spring for you. So now what you're going to do once we're able to, if we're able to, to install. So, you know, right now it's, it's, it's very uh, up in the air of how yourself, new coaches, new players to new programs, how you gonna get acclimated so fast to what you want to do? How you gonna put your stamp on your team going forward? So it's gonna be—it's a crazy times for us right now. I mean, it's a scary times, but you know, uh, I think football will happen. I just don't know when. Hopefully soon. But I want people to be safe first before we get back to playing. But uh, it's, it is gonna impact this season most definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um... 
and you know as for me it, it's been tough it's, it's been tough it's been weird uh but you know i i think it's been good in, in a lot of ways because it has forced us uh to do some things that we have never thought about doing and i think even when things get back to normal i think some of these things will help us to be better coaches especially with communication with with, with people um moving forward you know uh the nfl and even college uh have all tossed around ideas of having uh games next season with no fans you know uh do you think playing games with no fans will be successful uh in college or nfl do you, do you think this would be a good route to go oh that's that's tough that's tough to say because uh Fans what drives players a lot. You know, as growing up, I always wanted someone there, uh, especially a loved one there, knowing that they were there, that drove me to play better. Fans give you that adrenaline. Once you hear that fans rocking, man, with fans doing your chant or the opposing team booing you, that gets you going. So, what gets you going now? As you know, Mark, everybody says, if you love the game, you're going to go. You play the game long enough, you have to find different ways to psych yourself and motivate yourself. And a lot of times, especially when you're the opposing team, it's the fans. And at home games, it's playing, you know, being able to sleep in your own bed and hear your, the fans in the stands singing the fight song. So what do you do now to get yourself up with no fans? Just the opponent now? It takes a little bit more than that. We all know it takes a little bit more than an opponent to, to get you up week in and week out. You got to find that self-motivation. So... If we have to go that route to play games, you know, that's what we're going to have to do. But I just think it'd be tough. Uh, it'd just be a tough situation for the players to be in an empty stadium. I mean, they're just like a, uh, a inner squad scrimmage. And, uh, I mean, it will be televised, but the fans is what drives the game, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I actually uh, agree with you on that. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to kind of see how this all plays out. You know, I've I've heard rumors that the NFL has even thought about doing games on pay per view since fans can't be at the at the games. It's we we just don't know. We don't. I guess you know everybody's going to have to wait and and see what happens. But I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see what route uh, all levels go: high school, college, uh, and professional. Uh, well, that well, that's my time. You know, Terrence, uh, I, I, I thank you for, for coming on the show, man. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day and, and your schedule to, to sit and kind of talk with me for a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. You know, like you said, man, man, you go way back. Um, so anytime you ever need me to come on and talk football with you, I love talking ball. So uh, whatever you need me, you have the number. Just give me a call and let's get up, schedule a date, and we can do this again. Definitely. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode of the Behind the Mark podcast. Thank you to all my listeners out there. I pray that each and every single person that is listening was able to take something from this show that will impact or change your life in some sort of way. Catch you guys next week on my next episode, Behind the Mark Podcast.